I'm thankful today for my friendship with your pastor, the Right Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Allen Johnson, Sr. And uh, today, as I was making my way to church, I thought about how this Sunday, in particular, marked the first day and first time that I ever met him. He was the first person I met when I drove up on the campus of Bishop College with my parents 42 years ago to this Sunday, and our friendship has remained over 42 years. And for that, I thank God for him and thank God for you and for First Lady Sharon. And then, amen, for Pastor J. Allen II and uh, his preaching prowess and genius. Certainly, God has been good to us, and I am just thankful to see all that God is doing here at the Eastern Char Star Church from campus to campus, from residential development to housing, and now the Rock Center, I believe that's what it's called. And it just looks like God is just continuing to open doors and make ways out of no ways and provides for you. And you ought to know that it's not happening like this all over the country. In fact, I don't know anywhere that it's happening like it's happening here. You are a model for ministry, and you ought to celebrate what God is doing in and through you and through this, your servant of God, Pastor Jeffrey Allen Johnson, Sr. Let's give it up for him one more time. I'm happy to have traveling with me today my executive assistant, LaDonna Newby, and her husband, Deacon Greg Newby. Greg is from Indianapolis, and so I decided this would be a great trip for them to take, allow Greg to come back home and hang out with family and friends. I want them to stand that you might see them. And then also on this weekend, on a sad note, uh, one of our other preachers from our church, uh, has been with me all day at each service, uh, and we're grateful for his presence as well. Uh, Reverend Randy Seals and his wonderful wife, Minister Teresa Seals, want them to stand. They are from Indianapolis. Randy is here because his brother has taken ill and has transitioned to go home to be with the Lord, and so our prayers are with him on today and uh, with his entire family. And then we're also grateful to have with us one of your own, amen, Maurice Mumford and his wonderful wife, Teray. Uh, thank you. Mo has preached for us a number of times. And then we we're grateful to see Pastor Armstrong come by uh, the previous service. And so thank God for each of you and for anyone else that is present that I meant to mention or needed to introduce. Thank you for coming. Let's jump right into the Word of God. Father God, we thank you now for this preaching moment and opportunity. Now, Lord, we pray that you will speak to our hearts, for we've come to hear from you. Rescue me from me and use me now for your glory and for your honor. Save the lost, restore the backslider, edify and encourage the saints. Have your way now. In Jesus' name we do pray and we do say amen. The book of Psalms, number 139, the 139th number of the Psalms, verse number 14. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. I want to talk today from the subject, you are a designer's original. You are 
a designer's original. And that designer being God himself. Amen. Why don't you just look at somebody and tell them, tailor made. <laughs> Amen. Look at somebody else and tell them, you are one of a kind. Amen. One of a kind. In recent days, we have been introduced to a new marketing program called DIY. DIY, which stands for Do It Yourself. And as you think about DIY, there are many logos that go alongside with the DIY concept. Uh, Gucci has a DIY concept, do-it-yourself, a personalization service for custom tailoring of clothing, shoes, handbags, just about anything you want, you name it. Gucci also has a MTO program as well that says made-to-order program for one-of-a-kind gowns and handbags. Think about what the psalmist says now in Psalms 139, verse 13 through 17, the Message Bible. Oh, yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. Your breathtaking body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculptured from nothing into something like an open book. You watched me grow from concept to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even live one day. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful. God, I'll never comprehend them. We've been introduced to a broad range of designer items, designer labels, designer brands, designer handbags, designer shoes, designer belts, designer sunglasses, designer dogs. In fact, when I looked up designer dogs, I discovered that there are at least 500 different types of designer dogs. One of the more popular ones that I have come to know about is a Labradoodle dog. A Labradoodle dog. Labradoodle, a dog is, a Labradoodle dog is a crossbreed of a poodle and a Labrador retriever. And when you think about it, it's supposed to be the best of two dogs that you like. We have designer foods. We have designer in everything you can imagine, all kinds of things. We have architectural designers, we have fashion designers, we have automotive designers, but the original designer is God himself. God is the ultimate designer of the universe. And when God made you and I, he made us a designer original. According to the psalmist in Psalms 139 and verse 14, God has made each of us 
as a designer original. There is no one else in the universe like you. You are one of a kind. You are one of a kind person. You are one off. You are a custom designed individual. You are a tailor made person with a special purpose to fulfill in the universe. As we think about babies and when they're born, they issue what is called a birth certificate. A birth certificate with footprints back in the day. When a child was born, they would stamp the footprints and the fingerprints on the baby's birth certificate because no one else has your footprint or your fingerprints. I think I just said something. God has something for each of us to handle in this world that only you can handle. And God has a path for your life that he intends for you to take that no one else has taken. And no one else can travel. Therefore, it is not God's plan for you to walk in anyone else's footsteps. God does not expect for you to walk like anybody else. Don't waste your time or energy trying to be like someone else. Be who God has called you to be. I remember back at Bishop College in a homiletics class, which was dealing with the matter of preaching, Dr. John Magnum, who was the dean of religion at that time, would on Monday morning ask the class, how many of you preached this weekend? Raise your hand. And then we would raise our hands, those of us who had preached somewhere. He would ask us, now where did you preach? And we would explain where we preached. He would go on further, ask the question, now what did you preach? And then we'd go around the room sharing the text that we preached and the subject. And then Doc would finally follow up with another question, how did it go? Well, one gentleman in the class was excited and delighted to be able to say, Doc, I killed him. Doc looked over his glasses, began to scratch his eyebrow, and said, did I hear you say you killed them? He said, yeah, Doc, I killed them. He said, you ignorant preacher. He said, the gospel means life. It's good news. What do you mean by you killed the crowd? He said, you ought to be preaching life, preaching hope, preaching life and possibility. And he said, but how do you know you killed him? He said, Dr. People told me I preached and sounded just like Dr. C.A.W. Clark, who was one of our nation's greatest preachers who lived to be 96 years of age. Dr. Mangum looked at him and said, they just insulted you and you were too ignorant to know it. He said, what do you mean? Everybody knows that Dr. C.A.W. Clark is a great preacher. Dr. Mangum said, anytime people tell you you sound like somebody else, rather than sound like yourself, that's an insult. He said, the world only needs one Dr. C.W. Clark. And when you spend your time trying to preach and sound like Dr. C.W. Clark, you rob the world of the gift that God has placed in you. And that ought to be a word of relief for somebody right now. Tell somebody, be original. In other words, God has made you uniquely who you are, and you don't have to waste your time trying to be somebody else. You don't have to try to be like Mike. Be who God has made you to be. God has sprinkled uniqueness throughout the universe. 
The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork according to Psalms 19 and 1. The birds of the air are unique in their own way. The beasts of the woods are unique in their own way. The fish of the sea are unique in their own way. The flowers of the field are unique in their own way. The stars that light up the galaxies are unique in their own way. God has stamped one of a kind, one of one, on everything within the universe. And inasmuch as we talk about identical twins, the truth of the matter is if you look long enough, look hard enough, you'll discover that there's a distinction. On yesterday, I was uh, presented a picture of uh, Pastor Mo and his twin brother, and they asked me, which one is Mo? Took me a minute, but I studied him. And after I studied for a moment, I said, the one on the right. They said, you guessed it right. Because no matter how identical they are, there's something uniquely distinctive about each and every one of us. Tell somebody I'm one of a kind. Recently, I was moved by the story of this Mandarin duck. On March 1st, 2016, a Mandarin duck appears at an Irving Park in the DFW area. Centennial Park is the home of many birds, but none like the duck known as Manny. And as uh, they discovered Manny in this Irving Park, a, a, a nature photographer, Kent Jarrett, said people named him Manny. The rare sighting is causing a lot of buzz in the bird watching community as Mandarin ducks don't even belong in North America, let alone in North Texas. The true birdies, don't believe he's a bird of Texas because they live in East Asia and a native to Japan, Jared said. Where he came from remains the biggest question. Jared thinks he flew in on his own following the migration of some other birds. And the lesson that we learn from this Mandarin duck is that it matters not how rare of a bird or how beautiful of a bird that you are, if you lose sight of your identity, you can find yourself flying with the wrong birds and land way off course in a park in Irving, Texas. Why? Because you don't know who you really are in God. And this is what happens to many people that get caught up in the wrong crowd and start living beneath your beauty and beneath your privilege. You will discount your value and your rarity, and you end up way off course. Tell somebody, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, tell somebody I'm special. And you don't need to hang out with people who don't find value in your beauty. You don't need to hang out with people who don't understand your rarity. Never hang out with people who make you have to devalue who you are in order to be in their presence. Here is a Mandarin duck flying with uh, other species, not knowing how beautiful and how rare it really is. And it ends up way off course. When God made you, he had no one else in mind. Recently, I recall being introduced to black art. And uh, I'll never forget going in the art gallery and observing various pictures. I saw big pictures, tall pictures. I saw poster-sized pictures. I saw postage stamp pictures. I don't have much money, so I decided to be conservative in my purchase. 
And so I picked up what I thought to be a reasonably priced picture. It was very small. I went to the counter to pay for it. And when I received that huge price, I was messed up. I said, oh, my God, if this is what this picture costs, who can afford that big old picture over there? They said, you'll be surprised how expensive that big picture is over there. I said, really? I said, that's a poster-sized picture. They said, yes. And when I asked the price, I discovered that that uh, poster-sized picture was a fourth of the price of that little picture I had picked up. I said, how could this be? I said, perhaps uh, you have mispriced these pictures. They said, oh, no, sir. What you're holding in your hand, even though it may be small, it is an original, it is an original painting. But what you are looking at over there that's poster size, that's a reprint. That's a reproduction of an original painting. And don't you know that reproductions, reprints are always cheaper than the original? And I want to say to somebody here today that you are an original when it comes to who you are in the sight and in the light of God, and that there's great value in your originality. And never settle for being a reproduction when God has made you a designer's original. Tell somebody I'm one of a kind. And so as I unload my little red wagon, lest I hold you too long, here it is. Life is providential to God. In verse 13, for you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. Providential, this is what it means, involving divine foresight or intervention. God's providential care for each of us. Or here's, here's, here's another way of saying that's similar. Divine, heaven-sent, or miraculous. Somebody just missed this shout. That when you look at your life, your life represents the hand of the divine. When you look at your life, you have been heaven sent. When you think about your life, you are a miracle. Tell somebody I'm a miracle. In Jeremiah 1 and 5, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. In other words, God is letting Jeremiah know that I knew you before you knew yourself. One day my mother said to me that there were many things that she could have done with her life that would have prevented me from being born. She said, if I had, if I had not met your father, perhaps you would not have been here. She said, if I had gone off into a career in the military, perhaps you wouldn't be here. She went on with a list of other possibilities of things that she could have done with her life that would have prevented my being here. And when she concluded her statements, I responded by saying, none of those things matter because I was supposed to be here. And I was going to get here one way or another by bus, by train, by car, or by airplane. But in one way or another, I was going to get here. She said, really? I said, yes. I said, in fact, let me say this to you. She said, what? I said, you ought to thank God that he allowed you to be my mother because he could have chosen anyone to make sure that I got here. I want to tell somebody, regardless of the circumstances of your life, no matter how you started, the truth of the matter is you're here because God purposed and desired for you to be here. You're here because it was God's plan, it was God's will, and you were going to get here one way or another. Jeremiah said in, in Jeremiah 1 and 5 in the ESV, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. 
God's purpose for our lives transcends any human mistakes along the way. Some people may call you an accident, but I want you to know God has been working in the midst of it all and that he transcends human error. That's a shout for somebody right there. Can I tell you, God has conceived us. The Message Bible 139 verse 13 says, Oh, yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. Tell somebody, I'm not an accident in God's sight. Here's the next point. God has created us. In Psalms 139, 13, oh, yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. God was working on you while you were yet in the womb. He created us uniquely who we are. But then God has covered us while we were in our mother's womb. When we couldn't keep ourselves, God kept us. He protected us. He sheltered us. And that's the reason we are alive today, because God kept us even while we were in our mother's womb. Here's point number two. Life is predestined by God. When we look at verse 14, it says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. This is that word predestined. And that word predestined means of an outcome or course of events determined in advance by divine will or fate, our predestined end. Similar to that is preordained or ordered, ordained. God predestined and predetermined our lives in eternity before time was ever established. And as you think about it, you've had to go through some stuff to become who you are today. And what you've gone through has produced worth and value. It has added worth and value to your life. I'm reminded of that China shop over in Europe as this traveler was making his way throughout Europe, touring the various sites, he went into a little china shop and decided to purchase a souvenir to take home with him. And as he was walking throughout that china shop, he came upon a little teacup that he decided to purchase. And when he got to the counter with the teacup in his hand, he was given shocking news and information of the value of that little teacup. He raised the question, is this item mispriced? Is it mislabeled? Surely it couldn't cost this much. And just before he could finish his protest, the teacup began to talk to him. And the teacup said, mister, don't devalue me. You don't know what I had to go through in order to become the teacup of great value that I am today. He said, there was a day when I was just some clay on the side of the river. I had foreign rocks and debris and sticks and water inside of me. But one day a potter came by, scooped me up, displaced me, but then began to beat on me to get out of me the foreign matter, the debris that should not have been, the rocks, the sticks, and the water. And then he started patting on me and made me into a round lump of clay. 
put me on a potter's wheel and started spinning me around. And I said, mister, take me off this wheel. I'm getting dizzy. He said, shut up. I'm not through with you yet. He started shaping and forming me in his hands. He started pulling me and, and, and he started tugging on me. I said, mister, stop. You heard him. He said, shut up. I'm not through with you yet. He said, before I knew it, he took out a knife and he started carving on me. I said, mister, you're cutting on me. You heard me. He said, shut up. I'm not through with you yet. He took me from that potter's wheel and he put me in a furnace. I said, mister, it's hot in here. I started knocking on the door saying, let me out of here. He said, shut up. I'm not through with you yet. He took me out of that furnace and he put some liquid on, side, on top of me and all around me, some glaze. And he threw me back in the kennel and he turned the fire up real hot. I said, Mr. Ooh, this stuff is gooey. It's sticky. It's burning. It's sticking to me. He said, shut up. I'm not through with you yet. He took me out of there and he let me cool off. And then finally, he looked at me, at me with admiration and he put a price on me of great value because I had gone through a whole lot to become who I am today. And I want to tell somebody... You've gone through some stuff. You've been scooped up. You have been beat. You have had to be separated from some foreign debris in your life. Yes, you've been on the potter's wheel. You have been spinning around seeming as though you're not going anywhere. Yes, but all the time the pastor has had his hands on you. He's been pulling on you. He's been cutting on you. He's been shaping you. He's been polishing you. He's been glazing you so that you can come out at the beautiful teacup that you are today because God sees worth and value in you. And everything you have gone through is to help shape and reshape your life to the point and place that you have value. Tell somebody I have value. So much value until Luke 12 and 7 says, even the hairs of your head are numbered. Here's the greatest account of God's involvement in the forming of a child in the womb of the mother. He counts the very hairs of your head. That when you combed your hair this morning, he counted every hair, hair that fell into the sink. Look at the complexity of our creation. Fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are thy works. The forming of the body in the womb is amazing. It exalts the greatness of God. David knew Nothing of the modern science of embryology, nothing of the mysterious process by which a baby grows in the womb. He had only the haziest ideas about these things, but he knew enough to be awed by the process. If David knew enough to be awed, what about us? We know that every living creature is made up of microscopic cells so small that the letter O on a page would contain between 30 to 40,000 of them. Each microscopic cell is a world within itself containing an estimated 200 trillion tiny molecules of atoms. Each cell, in other words, is uh, a, a micro-universe of almost unbelievable complexity. All these cells put together make up a living creature. Each cell has its own specialized function, and each works to an intricate timetable which tells it when to grow, when to divide, when to make hormones, and when to die. Every minute of every day, some three billion cells in the body die, and the same number 
are created to take their place. During any given moment in the life of any one of these cells, thousands of events are taking place, each one being precisely coordinated at the, the molecule level by countless triggers. The human body has more than a million million of them, a million in each square inch of skin, 30 billion in the brain, billions of red blood cells in the veins. God has made us a complex creature. Tell somebody, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Woo, and a shout goes right there. But then David talks about the concealment of our creature. He said, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret in verse 15. The development of the child in the womb is secret. We have x-rays and we have ultrasound to see in the womb, but the development is still secret and mysterious to man. In fact, man only sees and knows so much. We have gender reveal parties nowadays. We seek to know in advance whether the baby is a boy or a girl. In fact, I was talking to someone this week and they were telling me that they were thinking about having their eggs frozen. And then they went on to tell me that you can also select what gender you want the child to be when you go through that process. I said, really? But then I thought about another member of my church named Carolyn. When I heard the news this past year about her grandchild being born, I called her. I said, congratulations on your new baby girl. She said, what baby girl? She said, pastor, the baby was born, but I said some words that God is not pleased with. I said, what do you mean? She said, in spite of the ultrasound, in spite of what we thought and what we knew, and in spite of how we had set up the nursery, and in spite of how we had painted the room and all of this and all the stuff we had bought, we found out that the gender was wrong. <laughs> Can I tell you, only God knows. <laughs> only God knows some things. We, we speculate, but there's something that only God truly knows. Look at the comprehension of our creation, that my soul knoweth well. In verse 14, 16, the message Bible, I thank you, Hope. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking, body and soul. I am a marvelously made person. I, I, I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculptured from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life are prepared before I'd even live one day. Tell somebody, I am somebody. Why? Because God does not make junk. I've been made in the image of God. I'm done now, but here's number three. Life is proof of God. I said life is proof of God. How precious also are your thoughts to me. Oh God, how great is the sum of them. That's what the psalmist says. He says, your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful. God, I'll never comprehend them all. I couldn't even begin to count them any more than I could count the sand of the sea. Oh, let me rise in the morning and live always with you. When you think about a baby and you think about the birth of a child, that baby represents proof that there is a God. You've heard that phrase, you're one in a million. And when you think about all of 
uh, the sperms that were released. And you think about the fact that it only takes one to intercept with that egg and to fertilize that egg. It means you're one in a million. And I want to tell somebody today that you're one in a million. The preciousness of the thoughts of God concerning us. Verse 17, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. The psalmist has good perspective here. He values the fact of God being God with a tremendous character and that God regards us even as humans. Meaning, God, you took time to think about little old me. When I think about the heavens, when I think about how uh, you have shaped and formed the heavens and the earth, when I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Oh, my God. Oh, I found a reason to shout. When I think about God has thought about little old me. He says something about the plenitude of the thoughts of God, and I'm done. He says the plenitudes of the thoughts of God concerning us is this. How great is the sum of them? If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. Oh, God, I thank you now because when I think about who I am in the light of who you are, you have made me a priority in your heart, in your mind, and God, you have formed me in your hands. You have made me to be who I am. Others may not like me, but you love me. You love me in spite of me. Some may say I'm too fat. Some may say I'm too skin, skinny. Some may say I'm too thin. Some may say I'm too dark. Others may say my nose is too wide or my lips are too thick. But God, I thank you for whoever I am because you have made me a one of a kind, a designer original. I have been made in the image of God. The psalmist closes by talking about the presence of the thoughts of God concerning us. When I awake, I'm still with thee. In other words, God, you never go to sleep on me. You never give up on me. Not one moment, not one minute, not one second. Oh, my brothers and sisters, just like with our children, as parents, we never forget about them. There's not a moment we don't think about them. There's not a moment that we don't have them on our minds. The good news is we serve a God who never loses sight of us, who never gives up on us, but he always has us on his, his mind. Oh, my brothers and sisters, aren't you glad to know that God has us on his mind and he has our best interests in mind? That last night as we went to sleep, while murders and robbers roamed the streets all night long, God dispatched his guardian angels to keep a watch over us. That's why we used to sing that old song all night and all day. Angels keep a watch over me. But then early this morning, <laughs> It wasn't the alarm clock that woke us up, but God in his infinite wisdom 
reached down and touched us with the finger of his love, shook us and woke us up right on time. You can take the alarm clock out to the cemetery, let it ring all day long, but nobody's getting up. But it was God who woke us up this morning. The old folks said he started us on our way, clothed us in our right minds, gave us the activity of our limbs, put clothes on our backs, food on our table, money in our pocket, a roof over our head. Do I have a witness here? Because God has us on his mind. And that's why I can get in the car and drive across town not knowing what danger lurks ahead because I know that God is keeping me through danger seen and unseen. He's keeping me even when I can't keep myself. He's keeping a watch over me even when I'm too mean to pray. He's praying for me. Have I got a witness? I'm here today because it's in him that I live, I move, and I have my being. Tell somebody it took a miracle. My father's omnipotent and that you can't deny. A God of might and miracles. Tis written in the sky. It took a miracle to put the stars in place. It took a miracle to hang the world in space. But when he saved my soul, cleansed and made me whole, it took a miracle of love and grace. God made me. That's what I heard the Mississippi Mass Choir say. Through every day, trials of life, the enemy will have you question your very existence. So I called to tell you, the believer, that God, God made me. He made me who I am. Come on and say it with me. God made me. God made me. He made me who I am. He made me. He put a smile on your face and lifted your head and say, God made me. He made me. He made me who I am. You may be feeling down, but pick yourself up. God made me. Go on and sing it. He made me who I am. So repeat these words after me and sing it. I'm a conqueror. I'm victorious. I won't be stopped. Come on and say it to yourself. I won't be stopped. Say I'm a believer. I am an achiever. I won't be blocked. I won't be blocked. Don't let the devil steal your joy. And you know why God made me. He made me who I am. God made me. He made me who I am. I am a conqueror. I'm victorious. I won't be stopped. Have I got a witness? 
am who God says I am. I'm the lender and not the borrower. I'm the head and not the tail. Have I got a witness? I am God's child. I am who he says I am. Is there anybody here this morning that know that God has made you a designer original? Have I got a witness? I hear Seely sing from the color purple. I might be black. I might be ugly, but I'm still here. I'm somebody. I'm God's child. Shout yes! 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 Ain't he all right? all right you might not think much of me but I'm somebody because I'm God's child shout yeah